everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am Kelly Alexa and this is part two of a two-part interview with my dear friend Letitia Barr, tech savvy mama. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure you go back and listen to that. This is a two-part interview focused primarily, um, this is part of our business series, but then in the second half of this interview, we're also going to hear from Letitia and her tips for parents on dealing with your kids in this coronavirus quarantine situation where many of you are suddenly homeschooling parents in the most unexpected way. But certainly if you want to make sense of what we're talking about here in part two, go listen to part one first. If people don't really like you, they're not going to buy from you. So the best thing you can do is to really be sincere. Like, like Letitia said, figure out what you're really crazy about and what you love talking about, because the more you talk about that, and if you think nobody's nobody's going to pay attention, trust me, they will. They, they, they're going to want you. They're going to want to listen to you and the way you talk about knitting or lawn mowing or gardening or cooking or technology or school, homeschooling kids. Whatever it is, there are people out there who, who want that. But it's really much more quality than quantity. Do you agree as far as followers and reach? Absolutely. It's, it's always quality over quantity. I mean, the amount of time, you know, these days, because I went back to the classroom, if I put out one blog post a week, like that's great. But, you know, my audience knows that the blog post that I write is not just going to be something thrown together that, you know, pitches one laundry detergent this week and another laundry detergent the mm-hmm. next week. They know that my articles are thoughtful. There's something tangible that they can take from them or share with somebody else that they know that will help somebody ultimately in their parenting journey. I mean, and that's, that's, that's a decision that I made on my blog a long time ago. You know, I, I told my husband I wanted to be a resource. Um, we thought, I, I thought long and hard about monetizing. And honestly, it wasn't until last January that I put ads on my blog because I just, 
I thought that that closed really? the space. I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. And now I run Media Vine ads, which is great. But I, I hadn't done that before last January. And so even like affiliates, you know, you were talking about things that you need to learn. Like, oh, my gosh, people are like, oh, you can make a killing as, you know, a tech tech blogger on affiliates. And I was like, mm, but I'd really just rather spend my time writing than filling all my posts and writing to sell affiliate links. So affiliate links, like I pretty much just link to Amazon because honestly, mm-hmm. that's where we're all buying things anyways. As parents, yeah. that makes things easy. <laughs> but you know, I don't generate a lot of money from those. But you know, really, I think my time is better spent developing quality articles that parents can really use to help them. And so that's the decision I made a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, I, and brands and brands and my audience, they definitely respect that. And I have seen, I mean, when I was when I was running Fitfluential in the early years, for sure. So I'm going to say I started Fitfluential in 2011, and so for 2011 to probably 2014, when brands would hire my agency to do campaigns, they would they would. But this was the early days. Um, they would pick bloggers. They would they would pick the highest reach bloggers, and I was always mm-hmm. trying to back then convince them like get some of these, you know, younger bloggers with, with this, you know, you can get more bloggers beyond, you get more coverage on more places and they didn't really go for that. So they would always choose the highest reach bloggers. But the truth is nowadays there, I mean, I have just recently started blogging on kellyalexa.com again, hard plug there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, and I have been wanting, but you know, with the whole headache and migraine thing, I couldn't. And I am amazed how just me putting some, and I have, I'm spending more time than ever on each blog post, much longer mm-hmm. detailed resource um, driven posts for, for my audience. I've just started again. So my, my traffic is not where it used to be at all. And how many people have reached out to me and seen the value in my audience? Because mm-hmm. so for everybody listening, be yourself, serve your audience Absolutely. because you will be surprised. And then, and then there's the next level, which this is probably a good time to talk about it. The next level is, you know, get yourself established as a blogger, create content, whether anybody looks at it or not. You can't give up when you, guys, I just got back to YouTubing and I took probably a three to four year break from YouTubing. So I've, I've, you know, my old videos, every time I put a video up four or 500 views and some of my last videos have gotten like 40 views, but I have Mm -hmm. to keep remembering what Gary says, you know, my friend Gary V and he's like, I put videos up in the early days. Sometimes they got 10 views. Sometimes they got a thousand views. You just keep going. Clearly it worked out for him. So you've got to, you've got to keep going and don't make your content creation and serving your audience contingent on likes or follows or whatever. You just, it's like weight loss. Everything's like weight loss. Stay with it. Stay with it. Don't give up and you will win in the long term. But my next It really is like slow and steady. It really is slow and steady wins the race, right? Absolutely. It does because the reason, I mean, I see all the time and we'll link up to all of Letitia's, you know, both her blog and her social platforms. But I mean, all the time, Letitia, I see you going all of, you're invited on some amazing trips. Obviously you and I have been on some together. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And so to see the stuff that you get invited to and some of the other people I know who do not have, um, there are some people I know who have probably less than total social reach, 5,000, 10,000. They've been invited on some amazing experiences. They've been given some fantastic products and, and payments. So 
please understand that you serve the right audience and you will have opportunities to monetize. And it's not just through sponsored content, working with brands, that's one thing. But if you, again, if you, if you create content, you serve your audience, you're authentic, you will build over the long run and get more opportunities. It all builds. And then that's as well when you can start doing things like affiliate marketing, like having ads on your site. And these are all things that you'll choose. You can start building your email list and then you can charge people to advertise on your email list or you can sell your own product. You can have a course. You can have um, a private Facebook group, all different kinds of things. And we'll, we'll have experts on um, the show to cover that. But the next level is... Once you establish yourself, so you're a blogger, people start paying attention, you start getting offers, that's when you have to have that next level of being able to recognize this is a business and you've got to treat it like a business. And that's when you have to be comfortable having business conversations and pitching yourself and negotiating. Was that difficult for you in the beginning? I mean, I think it was because, you know, I, I come from an education background and as a teacher, I never had to do that. And so things like as I got, as I had companies approach me and offer me more, more money for things, I'm like, hmm, this company just out of the blue is offering me, you know, X number of money for one post. Like that means I need to raise my rates because if someone's just offering this to me, that, that helps me determine my worth. And so over the years, I've gotten much better about things like negotiating prices. First of all, knowing my worth was a key, was something that's really key because coming from teaching where, you know, your salary is commensurate on your years of experience, and then also the amount of education or credits you have, you know, you pretty much just go to the right of a grid and then you go down and where the two meet, that's your salary, right? Mm. So I was never, you know, my husband who for years who has had to negotiate salaries as he switched jobs, you know, watching him do things like that, certainly, and having conversations with him about worth, um, you know, it certainly reframed how I thought about my job and what I was asking um, companies for. And then also, you know, pushing back as a woman, I think so many times we just say, oh, okay, you know, that's okay. But honestly, ladies, it's not. And Kelly is so mm-hmm. good at making sure, you know, she has been such a voice in my head, like, am I getting what I am I getting what I'm worth? And you know, even pushing back on things like deliverables, like, okay, if, if $1,500 is your budget for this many deliverables, and my rate is higher than that, are you willing to, are you willing to cut down some of your deliverables so we can work together? So I think having strategic conversations with the people you're working with, knowing your worth, and also being able to um, negotiate are, are really important things for us to understand in this industry and to be able to get comfortable doing, because if not, like you don't want to be taken advantage of your time is worth money. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just have to be, you know, you just have to know where your line in the sand is. And I, I want to go back to something you were saying earlier too, about um, watching people go on trips and, you know, having different people, having different audiences and brands picking the right people for certain press opportunities or to review certain things. You know, we live in an online world. And I think for years, we've watched people go on amazing press trips or get amazing products or work with companies we wanted to work with. But Kelly's always so great about the message of women, women supporting women. And I think if you get involved in this industry, one thing that's really important is knowing how you can support each other and not letting jealousy rear its head and mm-hmm. knowing that maybe you weren't the right blogger for this campaign that this agency was running. But if you leave a positive comment on the fact that your friend went or this person that you know went on this amazing press trip, you know, the fact that you were positive about it, not starking behind their back makes a big difference. 
difference because brands notice that and you might not have been the right person for this campaign, but they'll see that later on and they'll remember that and you might get chosen for something else down the line. So I'm a big fan of women supporting women, being really positive online and just not letting the whole industry like get you down because there is that. There is the mean girls club. There is the ability to have FOMO. There is the ability to just let the weight of the influencer world take hold and really send you into a terrible spiral. So surround yourself with good people and be really positive because that makes a big difference as far as your authentic authenticity too. Like brands see that. So, you know, just a, a word to the wise. <laughs> no, that's, you bring up a good point. And I would say secondarily what I think it's, it can be very easy to get down on yourself either with jealousy and comparison, you know, why, why mm -hmm. can't I get my email list up that big? Why, you know, I've been at this this long and my friend shot up to, you know, this number or, you know, she, she was able to get her numbers here by this point. Stop. You know, that goes back to that old adage of stop comparing your chapter one to somebody's chapter 13. But on yeah, the other hand true. too, yeah, I think a second thing that can happen, and I certainly know, um, I'm thinking of a couple of particular clients of mine last year who, you know, a lot, there's still a lot of brands and even agencies who have a very skewed understanding of bloggers, influencers, how much time and creativity and money goes into the creation of content. And there's a lot of just ignorant people out there. And sometimes if you run into these conversations that you will have where people will try to lowball you, the, the, more, the more that you can connect with other people who are experienced in this space, the better. Because like mm -hmm. you'll start to be able to understand when somebody is a strict PR agent and they reach out to you with stupid emails like, Wondering if you're doing any stories on John F. Kennedy Jr., blah, blah, blah. I mean, just stupid, stupid stuff. And they'll say, I don't have any money. In the beginning, you might see a, a, a pitch come at you from a PR agent, and they say they don't have any money, and you think they're lying to you. But if you understand, mm -hmm. there are certain the press uh, PR people who are working and they literally are only looking for what they call earned media and earned media means right. it's not going to be paid. There are, there are certain ways bigger companies work. And once you understand that, then you can like go, that's not the person I want to work with because they're not going to be able to pay me. But then if, right. then if you get the, the people who are insulting, I think of a client that I worked with briefly last year and she just thought the, the worst things about anybody who had any following on Instagram. She's like, why would I get my fitness product out to these people who sit around, this is what she said, sit around all day doing nothing, taking a picture of themselves on Instagram. I'm like, is that oh. really what you think of people? And it's, it's hard because some of you will get approached by somebody and they have that attitude and they will actually expect you to jump through hoops for no money. And then if you go back with a really smart and savvy business pitch, they might say something really, really negative to you. And so I think just as much as Letitia, so my next question to you is, you're saying you've got to be able to be strong and push back. You also have to be willing to walk away from the right things. Do you agree? I do agree. And I also think that you have to be flexible. I mean, there's some times like right now, you know, parents are really struggling with how to keep kids engaged while we're out of school, while kids are at home because of coronavirus. And so I'm getting a lot of pitches from companies about at-home learning. And, you know, I know some of this is earned media and I will, as I'm compiling roundups for families on my sites, you know, I'm definitely taking these things into consideration. But at the same time, I have a standard and somebody who's been writing for parents 
parents for so long, like I have always made it my mission to not guarantee something unless it is something that I would use with my own kids, or I would recommend to another parent for their, their kids if they're of a different age. So, you know, that's my line in the sand. So it has to meet my very high educational standards in order for me to put it on the site. But there have been times where I get approached about some products for earned media. And if it's a really good fit and it's not money, then I will say, you know, yes, I'll consider it. Or sometimes I'll just throw it in a round tab. Sometimes I'll do a full post on it because I'm like, wow, this is something that my audience can really gravitate to. And the thing about the PR world is that people move around constantly. I mean, you and I know people who mm-hmm. we've probably known Very different true. people for years that have moved from different agencies or in these different roles. So, I mean, instead of like writing back a nasty gram and telling somebody that, you know, how dare you approach me with X, Y, Z, my budget is blah, 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 uh, or my fee is blah, blah, blah. How dare you approach me with no budget? Um, it's better to just maintain a good relationship with people because you never know when those people might come back and you're a good fit for a campaign that they do have money to pay you. So, you know, it's all about knowing yourself and your audience and doing the things that work well for you, but also uh, when you need to be able to sleep well at night. So I don't make decisions that are going to keep me up at night. That's for sure. I, I mean, I just, I like to just be kind to people. I think kindness is so important in this, in this world in general. It's so true. I mean, it really is. And um, it's a good point for sure, as far as people in just advertising, marketing, PR, the type of people that might be reaching out to you as a blogger um, or an influencer, they do stay in the business. And sometimes I'm amazed, like even people from my last agency, you know, I'll reconnect with them on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, she works at Twitter now? Like, holy shit. Um, And I remember one time there was somebody... Um, actually a former client of mine. And then, you know, now she's working with one of my favorite, I think, Vital Proteins. And I was like, you have the cool, like, it's just, it's cool to see. But uh, again, on the other hand, it is an opportunity. So you, you, every, every single individual has to have your own line. I had an actual conversation and I'm using this as an example without saying the name of the brand, but I had a company that I actually proactively reached out to. And I strongly recommend all of you do that. If you, if you find, you buy a product that you think is really cool and that you find yourself talking about, reach out to them on their website and go, I have a blog. I've been talking about you. I bought your stuff. Can we work together? You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be anything formal. Just say, can we talk about it? And a lot of times these companies are new. They might not. They might be scared to spend money. They might have a boss who's like, we don't do social media. But at least right. you will get more you, you will get more experienced and more confident as a business person the more you start engaging with business people. Um, and so sometimes just know when to walk away. In this case, I had approached uh, a company who has a very inexpensive product. And I pitched them an extremely reasonable, um, you know, opportunity basically with a podcast because it's something I could talk about Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And they came back and said, how about a commission only structure? Now this is like an affiliate situation. Now here's the deal. This is when you have to look and go, okay, let me, let me see what I'm, what, and I want to share this with you as an example, because this is where it doesn't mean that these people were jerks, but I said no, because it really was not a quid pro quo equal relationship. You can have somebody like a skincare company work with you and say, I'm going to send you $1,200 worth of product every month, but I'm not going to pay you. And I'll, I'll pay you a commission if you sell the product. For me, $1,200 for the skincare, I'm willing to work on commission only because that's a, a good value. And if it's something that I really love, I'm fine working with that. But if something is a $20 
water bottle um, that, that is reusable. And they're saying, well, for every water bottle that you sell, you'll make a dollar. I had mm-hmm. to go, okay, how, how much content would I have to create to make a hundred dollars where mm-hmm. brand X over here is probably going to pay me a hundred dollars for one Instagram story. Now that might sound a little snotty. And some of you women out there are going to go, Oh, I couldn't be that cocky. That's just smart business. That's just when you're able to look at yourself and go, you know what? I love this water bottle product, but if I'm only going to make a dollar for talking about them all month, I might make $30. Whereas if I really give my time to this, you know, pan company over here. And every time I sell one of their pans, I get $50, you know, Mm -hmm. on one shot, I sell one pan and make $50. That's a better use of my time. And then, you know, maybe you just as a, as a freebie, you know, you mentioned the other brand and you don't care, but enter into relationships where you make sure it's good for both people. And that also comes back to reinforce what Letitia said, negotiate. Don't, don't just automatically accept the first offer that comes your way. If somebody says, I'd like you to do four blog posts for $100 and I'm going to give you this product that's worth $500, say, well, I tell you what, that sounds good, but how about we do one blog post and one Instagram story a week? Because you know what your time commitment is. Push back, do something so that you feel it's it's equal on both sides. Um, Absolutely. Leticia, these are great points. And what I would love to do, because you just provided the perfect segue, We talked about before we started recording the show, how you have a lot of people who are reaching out to you right now. We're at the height of this coronavirus quarantine situation, you know, schools closing, getting crazy. So it's a perfect segue for us to take this business conversation and talk to a lot of the parents who are out there. Now, a lot of parents are listening and and they're tuning into this because Maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they're not going to be able to get paid the way they were. So they're looking at, hey, maybe now more than ever, it's a time for me to start my blog. But I know you also can speak to the parents that are out there that have suddenly they're facing, oh my God, I'm homeschooling my kids. Oh my God, I'm dealing with my kids at home. Oh my my gosh, the world's teachers need more money because now I have to deal with this every day, right? I saw this funny, this funny meme going around, like, how do I, how do I get this kid transferred out of my class, says parent one to parent two. Sorry, I don't see that happening in the immediate future. Exactly. Or some of the, the, some of the parents who are like, you know, both parents are now working from home and they're like, I reported my coworker to HR. Totally. Our kids are our coworkers and not to make light of this situation, because I know that this is a constantly shifting situation and we are all doing our best to navigate these shifting ways that we work, that we parent, that we educate our kids. And even, you know, socializing has transformed in the last couple weeks for all of us. So, you know, I think for parents, one thing I was mentioning on another podcast I was on earlier today, um, where we strictly talked about educate how to keep kids engaged in light of uh, being at home and trying to learn. I think one thing for parents to know is like, be kind to yourself and be really realistic. Um, know your kids. That's, that's really important. You know, I was laughing because, you know, I'm a teacher and I, my first job was in a first grade classroom and my first grade, my first graders, they were six, they thrived on structure. So having that daily schedule was super important. They needed to know that first we were doing math, then we were doing reading, then we take a 20 minute break and then we do this, that, and the other. And Mm -hmm. to set up the school year like that, like that, that's what the routine, that's the routine that they needed. But for every family right now, 
it's going to be a little bit different. So I was telling some friends that I was, that I was podcasting with, that I was laughing at all those, co- I wasn't laughing because it's what helps parents in a time of crisis, but those colorful schedules that have hour long blocks of here, this is when we're doing math. This is when we're doing reading. Like that might work for some families and some kids, but parents, you really need to know your kids because some kids are independent learners that just might want to spend all day reading a chapter book. And then mm. the next day they're going to want to do something else like math or they're want, going to want to spend all day, you know, digging in the yard outside and planting seeds. But I think for parents right now, we need to figure out um, how our kids learn best and not try to fit them in a little mold of hour by hour schedules if that doesn't work, because you are going to spend more time trying to manage that hour by hour schedule and you will go crazy. So be really realistic. I mean, in my house, I have a 13 year old boy and a 16 year old girl. And we were I said to my son, like he came home on Friday, uh, knowing that he had work due for two, three classes. And so he cranked out, he, Monday for him was work on his English essay day. Yesterday, he was finishing up a, an essay for world studies. And today I'm like, he's like, well, I did those two things, got them turned in by the deadline. And so today he and his sister went for a bike ride. So I'm like, great, you know? And mm-hmm. then there's also been some screen time mixed in there because our kids are not socializing. And one, one question I get a lot from parents is how do we deal with screen time in light of being at home? And my advice for parents is always there's a big difference between passive screen time and productive screen time. Productive screen time when your kid, that's when your kids are learning. That's when they're in front of a screen, maybe doing an online assignment. Maybe they're watching a YouTube video to learn a different skill. And yes, parents, it also might mean they're playing games with their friends. Because we have to think about the fact that we're, as parents, we're getting, um, we're, we're able to be social with friends through text and also through social media, but our kids need to connect through those screens as well. So for my son, that means he's getting on and he's playing video games with his friends, connecting, and they're, they all have a set time where they get on together and they're, they're playing these games. And that's how they're being social because they can't physically get together. For my mm-hmm. daughter, she's connecting with people via social media and via text like she like she usually does. But you know that, that counts as productive screen time because our kids need human interaction just as much as we do. So it's hard. <laughs> but I think it's, you know, it's, it's constantly shifting this day and age. And we honestly don't know at this point when, as, as a teacher, I don't know. My friends have asked me, don't you have any inside information? You work for the school system. I'm like, I have no <laughs> inside information. Believe me, as a parent, I would share it with you as parent to parent. But as a teacher, I've got nothing for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I think being really kind to yourself, being patient with your kids is super important. This is all new to us. And also just being really, really flexible because flexibility, I mean, is the name of the game. We know that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So parents don't gas out with all your great plans and activities right now, like space things out and realize that it's okay. If your kid does one academic thing a day, whether it's a math or reading a book, and then they go outside and play, you know, as long as they're safe, social distancing and all, you know, count that as a win and don't drive yourselves crazy over it because mm. it's just going to make it hard. It's just going to make it harder on your family. And I hate, I hate for anyone to have to go through that because times are really tough right now. I'm going to ask something as somebody who is clearly not a parent and doesn't have to deal with a lot of what you're talking about. So with parents who have, I mean, so many schools, the, the majority of schools are, are closing and kids are at home. When you say work with them on certain things, like from just a realistic perspective, are like how, 
if you're a parent and these kids are home, are the, are the schools sending home the materials or making those accessible online? Or is the parent just like, well, I have no idea what a fourth grader is learning in math. I guess I'll just teach them whatever. Are you, is it just guessing? I mean, what, what, how exactly do parents teach kids? What are they using to know what to Yeah, teach? that's, I mean, honestly, that's a really, that's a really good question. And since this has hit so many school systems by surprise, there really is a wide variance. You know, I was talking to someone earlier whose school system in South Boston, they sent home Google Chromebooks with Wi-Fi connections to anybody who needed them. And that's amazing for online learning, but that's not something every district has the capability of doing. And actually, it's because Google has their headquarters nearby. That's what I heard. And so Google actually sent devices with internet connections to families who needed them. In my school system, you know, here I am outside Washington, D.C., our, our school system has an online learning portal where students can log on and just, just like summer learning, keep their skills current. Um, but, you know, in our school system, too, there's a big disparity. You know, we a long time ago when Bill Clinton was in office, we heard a lot about the digital divide and the divide between the haves and the have nots in terms of technology and internet connection. Um, that divide still very much exists, although we don't talk about it so much, but we're seeing that pop up again in terms of the expectations of kids to do online learning. I know for a fact that I have students in my two computer science classes who don't have access to computers and internet at home because they say to me, Mrs. Barr, can I come in and work at lunch? I can't work on this at home. And I'm like, yes, come in at lunch. We'll have some extra time where you can sit down and work on your coding projects because they just say like, I, maybe I can try to do it from my phone, but, and I'm mm -hmm. like, no, no, just come in. I'll be here at lunch. Let's work on it then. Um, so this, this definitely still exists, even in the wealthiest areas of our country. And there is a wide variance in terms of what schools are providing. And so that's where a lot of parents are struggling too. So on my blog, I'm getting ready to put up a whole bunch of posts. Like I always like to organize my posts in terms of age appropriate content. I structure my content according to what's appropriate for toddlers and preschoolers, what's appropriate for those early elementary ages. So really K to three, what's appropriate mm -hmm. for tweens, like our middle schoolers, and then what's appropriate for teenagers. So I'm getting ready to put up a series of posts. One will be age-appropriate online resources to learn science. And it could be anything from like, you know, a, an app for younger ages, ideas to like get outside or, you know, for our older kids, maybe some really cool science experiments they could do at home with things you have in your kitchen. So those are the kinds of posts that I'm putting together for parents because we're all grasping at straws right now in terms of how to keep kids engaged. You know, some school systems have rolled out a plan with devices for kids where work is required for them to do between now and who knows when. But other parents, you know, where this structure isn't in place, they're really, I know, grasping at straws and trying to work and yet keep kids engaged and off, you know, keep from binging like all the things on Netflix, right? No kidding. <laughs> so just know that I'm happy to send links to my uh, blog posts as I get them up and to sh for you to share them with your audience and for those who are listening to this podcast. But just keep checking techsavvymama.com. I'll be putting a lot of resources up there in the coming, in the coming days. They're coming. Yeah, I, I put a note here. So first of all, Letitia, just for sure, I mean, I will check in, but I will make sure that I share those just on our social media for The Kelly O Show. I'll get that out there. Perfect. Um, but I'll also link up to this in our show notes at The Kelly O Show. And considering we're up at the almost window of our time, let's go ahead. And you already alluded to it, but tell people, you've been so wonderful today. Tell people where they can find you on, on your website and then also on social media. 
Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I feel I feel like my social bucket is full because we had an hour plus to chat about some <laughs> of my favorite topics and catch up. But I mean, yes. I'm really hoping that the resources that I put up for parents on my site, techsavvymama.com are really helpful. So techsavvymama.com is my website. I'm sure Kelly will link to it in the show notes, but also on social media, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, I'm techsavvymama. YouTube is the only place where it's different. It's techsavvymama.one but I don't know. I couldn't get the tech savvy mama without the one on YouTube, but definitely check Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, uh, Facebook is where I'm putting a lot of resources from parents, not, not just the things that I'm writing, but the things as I find them um, around the web, I'm putting on my Facebook page for families who can just kind of visit there and just scroll through for the best resources. Because like I say, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I really make a point of just sharing the best things that I know my kids would love and I would want to do with them both as a parent, but also as a teacher. So thank you so much. Kelly for having me on. This has been so much fun. I'm happy to come back and talk about running and fitness at a later date, but I know coronavirus and keeping kids learning at home is a struggle that many families are dealing with right now. So very timely. Thank you. I just, I can't even (laughs) imagine being, um, you know, I can't, I truly have never been able to imagine being a parent, but I can't imagine being a parent like having this mountain of stuff. So that's wonderful. And I love what you're, what you're doing on your blog. Every time I see you post something that you're doing on your blog, I'm like, God, she's such an amazing resource. So and you just have such a good voice. <laughs> but, you know, I'm also doing just as much as I can, you know, just like all of us are. I mean, I know some parents are dealing with the fact that their places of work are closing and they're going to be out of work and out of a job and out of income. So mm-hmm. if there's any way that I can help provide you with some tips and guidance, you know, people, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. I am a big fan of women supporting women. So if there's a resource or some advice I can provide, I'm happy to do that. Amen to that. You are the bomb, honey. And I'm so glad I will definitely be getting you back on the show and we will be keeping in touch. But um, thank you so much for everybody listening. Of course, I'm going to link up to everything I referenced here in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. So you can head on over there and check that out. Connect with Letitia directly. You will love watching her on social media. She is a blast. Um, Whether it's her pets or her chickens or her kids (laughs) or the events she goes to, you really will. She is, you you need your own reality show is what you need. Um, (laughs) Only if you can be a guest star on it sometimes, right? Wasn't that a G4 initiative. We had, we talked about our own yes. reality show. Yeah. Maybe we can work on that. <laughs> we totally, that has to be like a, well, depending on Corona, what Corona oh, does. I know yeah. we could have, we could have a YouTube channel, you know, we could socially distance and have just our own <laughs> a virtual, we, it could be a virtual talk show, virtual talk show. We should do that. All right. We're going to, we're going to have to ideate on that. <laughs> we'll noodle, we'll noodle on that. Yeah. We'll come back together. <laughs> You guys, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you. You are the the best. For everybody listening, of course, again, find everything in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. And until next time, you guys be safe, have a good attitude, get some sleep, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show. Hey, everybody. This marks the end of this two-part interview with Letitia Barr. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Tech Savvy Mama. She is a force of nature, isn't she? Um, Absolutely love her. Of course, we will link up to everything that we talked about in this show 
in the show notes over at thekellyoshow.com. Make sure you head on over there. Also, make sure while you're there, you are subscribed so you can tune into our newsletter for The Kelly O Show, but also for kellyalexa.com. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up there. If you're enjoying this show, I sincerely hope you are. I'd love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. You can just simply use the um, contact me form over at kellyalexa.com. You can also use that contact me form, number one, if you have questions, if you want to reach out, tell me about topics you'd love to see me cover on the show. If you'd like to use that form uh, to nominate somebody that I interview on the show in future episodes, you can do that. You can also inquire about advertising and podcast sponsorship opportunities, uh, both for the podcast, but also for our blog and YouTube channel. You can use that same contact me form there. Lastly, if you are enjoying this show, as I hope you are, please don't hesitate. And I encourage you to share the show on social media with your friends. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, please leave us a five-star review on your podcast listening platform of choice. It really helps the show get seen and heard by more people. It's our aim to get this show into the ears and hands and eyeballs of, that sounds really weird, more people so that we can make a positive impact on uh, more men and women who can definitely benefit from the information we share on the show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next time on The Kelly O Show.